0: Okay. Good evening. My name is Kathy Bartell and I'll be presenting tonight. I'm grateful for the opportunity to present tonight on a subject that's very dear to me. The gifts of the spirit are something that I've spent much time pondering and studying and have had, uh, and have even been a recipient of some of these gifts over the years. I've been intrigued with the stories throughout the scriptures regarding miracles. As a young girl through, um, in primary, I memorized the 13 articles of faith. That's something we did when I was in primary and believe then, as I do now, that all 13 articles of faith are not just opinions, but truth. I believe to this day in the gift of tongues, prophecy, revelation, visions, healing, interpretation of tongues, and so forth, as taught by the prophet Joseph Smith. Evidence is abundant that Joseph not only taught these things, but experienced the gifts in his life. We believe in the gift of tongues, prophecy, revelation, visions, healing, interpretation of tongues, and so forth. As we follow the, the doctrine of Christ takes us, the, as we follow the road that the doctrine of Christ takes us, one of the identifying markers rests on the fact that spiritual gifts follow those who believe. We are taught in Mark seven or Mark 16, verses 17 and eight. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new ser- with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Whenever faith is righteously exercised, the power of God may be witnessed by various gifts of the Spirit. We will be discussing that this this evening. Our main course of discussion will be Moroni chapter 10, Corinthians chapter 12, and Doctrine and Covenants section 46. These gifts of the Spirit are given to strengthen the faith and bless the lives of those receiving the gift. And I believe those performing the gifts become stronger and stronger in humility and firmer and firmer in the faith. Joseph Smith taught in Doctrine and Covenants, section 46, verses 8 and 9 Seek ye earnestly the best gifts, always remembering for what they are given. For verily I say unto you, they are given for the benefit of those who love me and keep my commandments. Paul taught in 1 Corinthians Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of the body, being many, are one body, so is Christ. Spiritual gifts. Um, we all are blessed with a spiritual gift, but they aren't necessarily the same gift. I would suggest that the gifts we are given are for our own personal growth in this mortality. Um, Sorry, <laughs> too many. The, the chapter ends with verse 30, having all the gifts of the spirit, spirit, having all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. And then 31, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Paul is teaching us that there are different gifts. And according to the last verse, And I don't know any other time when we are told it's okay to covet. But in this instant, we are told to. It is okay to ask for additional gifts of the Spirit. The Lord is very generous and instructs us to just ask. That by asking for and seeking the best gifts, we will find the way. And the way is His way. Now, turning to Moroni chapter 10. Moroni chapter 10, we know, is to be the very last book in the Book of Mormon. As I go through the slides, Moroni 10, um, the gifts of the Spirit will be highlighted in purple, but we will be jumping back and forth to other scriptures. First Corinthians, and then later to Doctrine and Covenant, section 46. But we will always return to Moroni 10 for the reference. The prophet Moroni explains that if the day cometh that the power and gifts of God shall be done away among you, it shall be because of unbelief. We will see that these gifts that are promised to us are bestowed to those earnestly seeking the gifts. How many of us are seeking these gifts? How many of us ask for these gifts as we pray as families? Do we honestly believe that he will bless us with what we petition in humble prayer. I hope tonight that we will be encouraged to seek after the gifts of the Spirit that the Lord has promised to give to us, to strengthen us so that we may become perfected through him. Now I, Moroni, write somewhat as seemeth me good, and I write unto my brethren the Lamanites, and I would that they should know that more than 420 years have passed away since the sign was given of the coming of Christ. And I still at these records after I have spoken a few words of uh, way of exhortation unto you. Behold, I would exhort you that when ye shall read these things, if it be wisdom in God that ye should read them, that ye would remember how merciful the Lord hath been unto the children of men from the creation of Adam, even down until the time that ye shall receive these things and ponder them in your hearts. And when ye shall receive these things, I would exhort you that ye would ask God the eternal Father in the name of Christ if these things are not true and if ye shall ask with a sincere heart with real intent having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost at the power of the whole and by the power of the Holy Ghost ye may know the truth of all things let's take it just a minute and break down. These several verses. Um, firstly, I'd like to point your attention to exhort. I counted at least nine times. Moroni uses this word in this chapter. This, these are Moroni's last words to us. Those who read the read the book realize that he is writing down. Uh The express interests of his heart, because he's essentially bullet pointing what he feels is so important. He is testifying that when we receive these things, that we should ask God the eternal Father in the name of Christ if they are true, because he knows that if we ask with real intent, the Holy Ghost will manifest the truth of it to us. This is a gift of the spirit. Having the power of the Holy Ghost testify is a gift that we should all be grateful for, for. This is the most important gift we can have is the gift of the Holy Ghost to testify. This is pure faith in action. It's seeking and acting upon revelation. Then we'll go to, again, start back in verse 5. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, you may know the truth of all things, and whatsoever thing is good is just and true. Wherefore, nothing that is good denies the Christ, but acknowledges that he is. We are cross referencing this one with Ether 4, beginning of verse 11. But he that manifesteth these things which I have spoken, him will I visit with the manifestation of my spirit and he shall know and bear record. For because of my spirit, he shall know these things are true, for it persuadeth man to do good. And whatsoever thing persuadeth man to do good is of me, for good cometh of none, save it be of me. I am the same that leadeth man to do all good. He that will not believe my words will not believe me that I am, and he that will not believe me will not believe the Father who sent me. For behold I am the father I am the light and I am the light life of the and the truth of the world come unto me o ye gentiles and I will show you the greater things the knowledge which is hid up come unto me o ye house of Israel and it shall be made manifest unto you how great things the father hath laid up for you from the foundation of the world and it hath not come unto you because of unbelief Behold, when ye shall rend the veil of unbelief, which doth cause you to remain in your awful state of wickedness, and hardness of heart, and blindness of mind, then shall the great and marvelous things which have been hid up from the foundation of the world from you. Yea, when ye shall call upon the Father in my name with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, then shall ye know the Father hath remembered the covenant which he made unto your fathers, O house of Israel. And then shall my revelations, and then shall my revelations, which I have caused to be written by my servant John, be unfolded in the eyes of all the people. Remember, when ye see these things, ye shall know that time is at hand, and they shall be manifest in the very deed. Therefore, when ye shall receive this record, ye may know that the work of the Father has commenced upon all the face of the land. Therefore, repent all ye ends of the earth and come unto me, and believe in my gospel, and be baptized in my name. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned, and signs shall follow them that believe in my name. And blessed is he that is found faithful unto my name at the last day, for he shall be lifted up to dwell in the kingdom prepared for him from the foundation of the world, and behold, it is I that hath spoken it. Amen. Isn't this a beautiful passage? Um, I'd like to point your your minds to this part where, therefore, when you this is in verse seventeen, therefore, when you receive the record, you may know that the work of the Father has commenced upon the face of the land. We receive the record. The work is going on now. And it is up to us to believe, to take the steps necessary, to um, be baptized, to repent and be baptized. For by doing so, we, we can receive these signs that follow those that believe. Okay, we're going back to... Moroni 10 verse 7 and ye may know that he is by the power of the Holy Ghost. Wherefore I would exhort you that ye deny not the power of God, for he worketh, oh, where am I, worketh by power according to faith on the children of men, the same today and tomorrow and forever. Turning to First Nephi chapter 10 verses 17 and through 19. I, Nephi, was desirous also that I might see and hear and know of these things by the power of the Holy Ghost, which is the gift of God unto all those who diligently seek him, as well in times of old as in the time that he should manifest himself unto the children of men. For he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and the way is prepared for all men from the foundation of the world, if it so be that they repent and come unto him. For he that diligently seeketh shall find, and the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto them by the power of the Holy Ghost, as well in these times as in times of old. Wherefore, the course of the Lord is one eternal round. I'm continually amazed that the Lord is willing to unfold mysteries of the kingdom to those who diligently seek him. He's so very generous. Moroni 10, verse 8. And again, I exhort you, my brethren, that you deny not the gifts of God, for they are many. They come from the same God, and there are different ways that these gifts are administered. But it is the same God who worketh all in all, and they are given by the manifestations of the Spirit of God unto men to profit them. Once again, we are admonished to deny not the gifts of God, and that the gifts of the Spirit are given unto men. To profit us. This is repeated over and over in the scriptures, not just the sections that I've handpicked for the purpose of tonight's lesson, but over and over. If I was to write, put down every one of them, it would be a whole course study. Okay, back, returning to Alma chapter 9, verse 21. Having been visited by the Spirit of God, having conversed with angels and having been spoken unto by the voice of the Lord and having the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of revelation and also many gifts, the gift of speaking with tongues, the gift of preaching, the gift of the Holy Ghost and the gift of translation. These are the ones that Alma speaks of this at this point, but we know that he received many other gifts as well. According to Alma, these many blessings come from the Spirit of God, which includes the gift of the Holy Ghost. And oh, um, okay, the gift of the Holy Ghost is truly the greatest gift we can receive. As the baptism of fire purges sin, we are then blessed with so many other gifts of the Spirit that profit men and women by elevating our knowledge and inspiration as it comes from the sanctifying power of the Holy Ghost. We're going to now turn to Doctrine and Covenants section forty-six and go through um, several of well, well, quite a lot of the scriptures, but not all of them. So I will. Be jumping around just a little bit. We'll begin with verse 7. But ye are commanded in all things to ask God who giveth liberally that which the Spirit testifies unto you. Even so, I would that ye should do in holiness of heart, walking uprightly before me, considering the end of your salvation, doing all things with prayer and thanksgiving, that ye may not be seduced by evil spirits or doctrines of the devil. Or commandments of men, for some are of men and some are of the devil. And I think, oh yeah, I've got that on um, the PowerPoint, I'm sorry. We're on eight now. Wherefore, beware lest ye are deceived, that ye may not be deceived, seeking earnestly the best gifts, always remembering for what they are given. For verily I say unto you, they are given for the benefit of those who love me. And keep my commandments, and him that seeketh so to do, that all may be benefited that seek, or that ask of me, that ask and not for sign, that they may consume it upon their lusts. And again, verily I say unto you, I would that ye should always remember, and uh, always remember, and always retain in your minds what those gifts are that are given unto the church. Um, We'll continue with forty-six, section 46 on 11. For all have not every gift given unto them, for there are many gifts. And to every man is given a gift by the Spirit of God. To some is given one, and to some is given another, that all may be profited thereby. To some it is given by the Holy Ghost to know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that he was crucified for the sins of the world. To others it is given to believe on their words, that they may also might have eternal life, if they continue faithful. And again, it is given by the Holy Ghost to some to know the diversities and operations, whether they be of God, that the manifestations of the Spirit may be given to every man to profit. 17, and again, verily I say unto you, to some is given by the Spirit of God the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge. To some is given the faith to be healed. Others are given the faith to, to be healed, or to have faith to heal. Okay, let me go back. 19 was, and again, to some it is given to have faith to be healed. And 20, and to others is given the, to have faith to heal. And Again, to some is given the working of miracles, and to others is given to prophesy, and to others the discerning of spirits. And again, it is given to some to speak with tongues, and to another is given the interpretation of tongues. And all these things come from God for the benefit of man. Now, just for a minute, I'm going to go back to this verse 23. And to others, the discerning of spirits, because I'd like to share an, an experience I've had just within the past month. Um, so, here goes. And, oh, and also, because Chapter 10 of Morane doesn't address this very much. So, on discerning of spirits. I was on my way to help a couple that I was... Uh, needed transportation earlier this month and on the way I was taking my son to the track station as he doesn't drive. Now Nick has some autistic tendencies one of which is his frustration when we don't drive directly to the tracks. Since my gas tank was nearly empty I had to take a slight diversion to the gas station and that upset Nick even more because he was now running late didn't matter what I had to do. <laughs> he was running late. I pulled into the gas station and put the nozzle into the tank and went into the gas station to make a purchase while the gas was pumping. Returning to the car, Nick distracted me and was really, and re, this really discombobulated me because I reached for the pump and thinking it had stopped, the gas was still pumping. Thus, <laughs> I quickly turned off the pump, but by this time, I was so confused because I had gas all over my coat and my face. Do you ever have any of those times when your brain just is turned off and you wonder what on earth is happening here? Well, I did just that then. So I stopped and told Nick that I'd have to go home and change and clean up before I could go downtown, which upset Nick even more. And when he gets upset, it's hard to calm him down so I said okay okay I'll hurry and run you to the tracks and and then go home and change so we began to drive to the train stop but meanwhile my eye began to burn so I pulled over and had to nick some money and told him he need to get out and take an uber that I had to hurry up and get home and wash out my eyes and clean up and put on clean clothes so that's what I did So before continuing with my day, however, I recognized that something was completely off with me. This was not the way I normally function. So I cleaned up. I went to my bed and knelt down to offer prayer. And as I was praying, I was impressed to ask that a devil be cast out of me. I was not myself, and this is the impression that the Lord gave me. So I did as instructed and cast out the devil. And ask that the spirit fill me with light that I may fill, fulfill the task I had to do that day. By the time I was back in my car, peace had returned to me. I felt the spirit of the Lord and knew that he was with me. I knew that this is now I, and then I was able to continue with the task that I had for the day. Now I know this isn't a big deal experience. But I recognized something was wrong, and I knew the Lord would tell me what to do. I have great um, thanks for verse 9, Doctrine and Covenants, section 46, verse 9, which tells us, For verily I say unto you, they, meaning these gifts of the Spirit, are given for the benefit of those who love me and keep my commandments. And to them that seeketh so to do, for I know when we are—oh, um, here I go—I know when we are seeking to do seeking to do His will that we are blessed. Now I promise not to share my experiences throughout this whole presentation. As we have a lot to cover, however, I would welcome experiences you may have had with any of these gifts of the spirit that we'll be talking about tonight. Okay, turning to Moroni 10 verse 9. For behold, to one is given by the spirit of God that he may teach the word of wisdom. Joseph Smith taught. Wisdom is the insight that comes out of genuine firsthand experience. So, I'm going to turn to, Mosiah, chapter two, verse seventeen, for King Benjamin's most famous wisdom and counsel. And behold, I tell you these things that ye may learn wisdom, that ye may learn that when ye are in the service of your fellow beings, you are only in the service of your God. Behold, ye have called me your king, and if I whom ye call your king do labor to serve you, then ought ye not ser- ought not ye to labor to serve one another? And behold, also, if I whom ye call your king has spent his days in your service, and yet has been in the service of God, do merit any thanks from you, or how you ought to thank your heavenly king. This is wisdom. This comes from experience that he has had over his long lifetime. This whole chapter is King Benjamin's experience, thereby also his wisdom. 20. I say unto you, my brethren, that if you should render all thanks and praise, which your whole soul has power to possess, to that God who created you, and has kept and preserved you, and has caused that ye should rejoice, and has granted that ye should live in peace one with another, I say unto you that if you should serve him who has created you from the beginning and is preserving you from day to day, by lending you breath, and ye may live and move and do according to your own will, and even supporting you from one moment to another, I say, if ye should serve him with all your whole souls, yet you would be unprofitable servants. And behold, all that he requires of you is to keep his commandments. And he promised you that if ye would keep his commandments, you should ye should prosper in the land, and he never doth vary from that which he hath said. Therefore, if you do keep his commandments, he doth bless you and prosper you. And now, if the, in the first place, he hath created you and granted unto you your lives, for which ye are indebted unto him. And secondly, he doth require that ye should do as he hath commanded you, for which, if ye do, he doth immediately bless you. And therefore, he hath paid you. And ye are still indebted unto him, and are and will be forever and ever. Therefore, of what have ye to boast? And now I ask, can ye say, out of yourself? I say, I answer you, nay. Ye cannot say that ye are even as much as the dust of the earth, yet ye were created of the dust of the earth. Behold, it belongeth to him who created you. Skipping to verse 41. and. Moreover, I would desire that ye should consider on the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. For behold, they are blessed in all things, both temporal and spiritual, and if they hold out faithful to the end, they are received into heaven, that thereby they may dwell with God in the state of never-ending happiness. O remember, remember that these things are true, for the Lord God hath spoken it. King Benjamin had an entire lifetime of experience and his words affected his people so much that, um, well, before I go there, I want to make a comment. A wise woman once shared with me, wisdom comes at a price. And I believe that there is so much truth in that. We gain the wisdom through the experiences that we have, even and most especially the tough ones. They're the ones that we remember the most, and that's what we we need the most. King Benjamin's lifetime of service and faithfulness to the Lord has blessed him with the gift as well as the gift of ministering of angels, as an angel presented him with the message he delivered to his people before this occurred, using the tongue of angels and speaking with such power and authority that chapter five reveals, they all cried with one voice saying, yea, we believe all the words which thou hast spoken unto us. And also, we know their surety and truth because the Spirit of the Lord omnipotent has wrought a mighty change in us or in our hearts that we have no more disposition to do evil. Okay, and I have, and they, and then verse three. Let's go to verse three. And it came to pass that after they had spoken these words the Spirit of the Lord came upon them, and they were they were filled with joy, having received a remission of their sins, and having peace of conscience, because of the exceeding faith which they had in Jesus Christ, who should come according to the words which King Benjamin had told had spoken to them. What a great effect and what a great leader King Benjamin was. Another example is found in 2 Nephi chapter 31. This one is particularly meaningful to the servants in the last days to be able to speak with the word of wisdom, the doctrine of Christ, and point others to follow him. 2 Nephi verse 31, 13 through 21. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, I know that if ye shall follow the Son with full purpose of heart acting no hypocrisy and no deception before God, but with with real intent, repenting of our sins, witnessing unto the Father that ye are willing to take upon you the name of Christ by baptism, yea, by following your Lord and Savior down into the water according to his word, then ye receive the Holy Ghost Yea, then cometh the baptism of fire and of the Holy Ghost. Then can you speak with the tongue of angels and shout praises unto the Holy One of Israel. And I heard a voice, shout praises unto the Holy One of Israel. And I heard, sorry. And I heard a voice from the Father saying, Yea, the words of my beloved are true and faithful. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. And now, my beloved brother, and I know by this, that unless a man shall endure to the end in following the example of the Son of the living God, he cannot be saved. Wherefore, do the thing which I have told you I have seen you, seen that your Lord and your Redeemer should do. For this cause have they been shown unto me, that ye might know of the gate by which ye should enter. For the gate by which ye should enter is repentance and baptism of water, and then cometh the remission of sins by fire and by the Holy Ghost. And then ye are in the straight and narrow path which leads to eternal life. Yea, ye have entered in by the gate, ye have done according to the commandments of the Father and the Son, and ye have received the Holy Ghost, which witnesses of the Father and the Son, unto the fulfilling of the promise which he hath made, that if ye entered in by the way ye should receive. And now, my beloved brethren, after ye have gotten into this straight, narrow path, I would ask if all is done. Behold, I say unto you, Nay, for ye have not come this far, save it were by the word of Christ, with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. Wherefore, ye must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope, and the love of God, and of all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ, and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. And now, behold, my beloved brethren, this is a way, and there is no other way, nor name given under heaven, whereby man can be saved in the kingdom of God. And now, behold, this is the doctrine of Christ, and the only and true only and true doctrine of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, which is one God, which is without end. Amen. Nephi, like King Benjamin, had a lifetime to learn these uh, learn these principles and have these experiences. That is why he had gained so much wisdom. Wisdom is the insight that comes out of genuine firsthand experience. Again, that is the quote that Joseph Smith had. Okay, we're on Moroni 10 verse 10. And to another that he may teach the word of knowledge by the same spirit. In Moses chapter 5 verse 6. It's he says And after many days, an angel of the Lord appeared unto Adam, saying, Why do you offer sacrifice unto the Lord? And Adam said unto him, I know not, but the Lord commanded me to offer sacrifice. And the angel said unto him, This thing is a similitude of the sacrifice of the only begotten of the Father, who is full of grace and truth. Wherefore, thou shalt do all that you do in the name of the Son, and thou shalt repent and call upon God in the name of the Son forevermore. And in that day the Holy Ghost fell upon Adam, which beareth record of the Father and the Son, saying, I am the only begotten of the Father from the beginning, henceforth and forever, that as thou hast fallen, thou mayest be redeemed, and all mankind, even as many as will. While I was reading this, I also found the, the same the same words in the second lecture on faith and something was pointed out that I think is is good to repeat because he you know he goes on and Moses tells talks about Cain and Abel but it this mentions before Abel received the assurance from heaven that his offerings were acceptable unto God, he had received the important information from his father, Adam, about the knowledge of God. Adam was the first to communicate the knowledge of the existence of God to his posterity, and that the whole faith of the world, from the time down to the present, is in a certain degree dependent on the knowledge first communicated to them by their common and it has been handed down to this generation in which we live. Won't it be really something when we have the book of Adam? Something I'm looking forward to. So the knowledge that all of us have, we first gained through Adam's experiences and, and teaching his children. Turning to 1 Nephi 15, Nephi is a great um, one to communicate as well. And I'm going to go through this first part kind of faster. Um, It's about when Nephi has been carried away in the spirit and seen all these things, he returned the tent of my father. And it came to pass that he beheld his brethren, that they were disputing one with another concerning the things which... His father had spoken to them. So Nephi says, For truly, for he truly spake many things unto them which were hard to be understood, save a man should inquire of the Lord. And they being hard in their hearts, therefore they did not look unto the Lord as they ought. And Nephi was grieved because of the hardness of their hearts. But I'm jumping to verse six. And it came to pass that after. I had received strength, I spake unto my brethren, desired to know of them the cause of their disputations. Verse 7, And they said, Behold, we cannot understand the words which our Father hath spoken concerning the natural branches of the olive tree, and also concerning the Gentiles. And I said unto them, Have ye inquired of the Lord? And they said unto me, We have not, for the Lord make no such thing known unto us. Behold, I said unto them, how is it that ye do not keep the commandments of the Lord? How is it that ye will perish because of the hardness of your hearts? Do you not remember the things which the Lord hath said? If ye will not harden your hearts, and ask me in faith, believing ye shall receive, with diligence in keeping my commandments, surely these things shall be made known unto you. And... Gonna see how much I put here. Okay, and so Nephi goes on and and rehearses the words of Isaiah, who spake concerning the restoration of the Jew or of the house of Israel, and after they restored, they should no more be confounded; neither should they be scattered again. And it came to pass that I did speak many words unto my brethren. That they were pacified and did humble themselves before the Lord. Now we know the temperament of Laman and Lamuel. So Nephi speaking, I'm sure, with the with the gift of tongues, was able to help soften the hearts of his brother. Well, as the, the Lord softened their hearts, but they were he was able to speak the words. And teach them what their father saw, and to a point where they were able to humble themselves before the Lord. Now, and to another that he may teach the word of knowledge by the Spirit. This is one of my favorites, Alma chapter 17. And now it came to pass that as Alma was journeying from the land of Gideon southward away to the land of Manti, behold, to his astonishment, he met with the sons of Mosiah journeying towards the land of Zarahemla. Now these sons of Mosiah were with Alma at the time the angel first appeared unto unto him. Therefore Alma did rejoice exceedingly to see his brethren. And what added more to his joy, they were still his brethren in the Lord. Yea, and they had waxed strong in knowledge of the truth; for they were men of sound understanding, and they had searched the scriptures diligently, that they might know the word of God. But this is not all; they had given themselves to much prayer and fasting, before they had the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of revelation, and they taught, they taught with the power and authority of God, and they had been teaching the word of God for the space of fourteen years among the Lamanites, having much success in bringing many to the knowledge of the truth. Yea, by the truth of their words, many were brought before the altar of God to call on his name and confess their sins. Um, Ammon, Aaron, Omner, and himnai spent much time in, in fasting and, and searching the scriptures diligently. That is how come they were blessed with these great spirits of prophecy, revelation, and taught with authority. That is something that um, we hear tonight who are listening. were men and women who are diligently searching to understand the scriptures with the spirit. So that we might be able to teach with the tongue of angels. This teaching comes as a gift of the spirit through much prayer and fasting. And how many lives do you suppose could be changed when the word of God found in the scriptures and the pure doctrine of Christ is taught with that kind of power? Doctrine and Covenants, section 88. And I give unto you a commandment that you shall teach one another the doctrine of the kingdom. Teach ye diligently. And my grace shall attend you, that you may be instructed more perfectly in theory, in principle, in doctrine, in the law of the gospel, in all things that pertain unto the kingdom of God, that are expedient for you to understand, of things both in heaven and in the earth and under the earth, things which have been, things which are, things which must shortly come to pass, things which are at home, things which are abroad, the wars and perplexities of the nations and the judgments which are on the land, and knowledge also of countries and of kingdoms, that you may be prepared in all things when I shall send you again to magnify the calling whereinto I have called you, and the mission which I have commissioned you. Moroni 10, verse 11, to another exceedingly great faith, and this is when I'm going to jump to the First lecture on faith because it shows so many examples all at once. Miracles performed because these individuals had such great faith. Starting in 17. Who cannot see that if God framed the worlds by faith, that it is by faith that he exercises power over them, and that faith is the principle of power, and that if the principle of power, it must be so in man as well as in the deity. This is the testimony of all the sacred writers and the lessons which they have been endeavoring to teach to man. The Savior says in Matthew 17, verses 19 through 20, and explaining the reason why the disciples could not cast out the devil, that it was because of their unbelief. For verily I say unto you, said he, If ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to your yonder place, and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Moroni, while abridging and compiling the record of his father, has given us the following account of faith as the principle of power. He says in Ether 12, verses 13, that it was the faith of Alma and Amulek which caused the walls of the prison to be rent, as recorded in Alma 14, 23, and 29. It was the faith of Nephi and Lehi which caused a change of heart to be wrought upon the hearts of the Lamanites when they were immersed with the Holy Spirit in the fire as seen in Helaman 5, verse 37 to 50, and that it was by faith that the Mount Zaron was removed when the brother of Jared spake in the name of the Lord. See Ether 12 and 30. In addition to this, we are told in Hebrews eleven thirty two to 35, that Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, through faith, subdued kingdoms, brought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weaknesses were made strong, waxed valiant in faith, turned to flight the armies of aliens, and that women received their dead, raised to life again. And lastly, and Also, Joshua in the sight of Israel bade the sun and moon to stand still, and it was done. Now, we're going to be talking about faith, healing, and miracles, and these uh, these are so intertwined that it was kind of hard to separate them, so most of them have, have bits of everything. Moroni 10, verse 11, and to another exceedingly great faith, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit. In Luke, chapter 8, verse 43 to 48, we have the woman having issue of blood for 12 years, which has spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any came behind him and touched the border with his garment, immediately her issue of blood staunched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and press thee, and says thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was immediately healed. And he said unto her daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith have made thee whole. Or, go in peace. Um, going back to 47, when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. We know this story. We know what curse it was for her to even be around people. She was considered unclean, and for her to come out and be brave enough to touch the hem of Christ's garment took much faith and courage, and when Christ turns to her and calls her daughter, We can see how meek and lowly of heart she truly is, and he knew that. Nephi chapter 9 verse 20 says, And ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. The gifts of the Spirit are accompanied by the gift of the Holy Ghost. In Mark chapter two verse three, we learn about um, this uh, man who was sick with palsy, and it says, "And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born afore. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it upon, broken it upon, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay." When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins are forgiven me. Like the woman, he calls him son. She was called daughter, he was called son. And his sins were forgiven. And then um, because these do all kind of interconnect, We'll go to Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And it came to, and they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of the people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered him and said unto him, What wilt thou I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, "Go thy way; thy faith hath made thee whole." And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. What do these three examples have in common? They all required faith. They all had a broken heart and contrite spirit. And in relation to Bartimaeus, he cried out in mighty, a mighty crying. Um, he really lifted up his voice. He really wanted the Lord to notice him. And with these three examples, I, I would like to remind you again of Doctrine and Covenants, section 46, verse 9. These gifts are given for the benefit of those who love me and keep all my commandments, and him that seeketh so to do. So comforting for those of us who are trying we have just talked about faith healing mighty miracles, all exercised by men of faith. likewise Nephi is descri- described in uh, Nephi verse eight chapter eight verse one and I'm just going to go for truly he truly did many miracles in the name of Jesus and there was not any man who could do a miracle in the name of Jesus save he were cleansed every whit from iniquity. So we know not only those people seeking the gifts, but certainly the people exercising the the gift are men or women that have been cleansed from every iniquity. Mormon, chapter 9, verse 11. But behold, I will show unto you a God of miracles even the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And it is the same God who created the heavens and the earth, and all things that in them are. O now, O all ye that have imagined up unto yourselves a God who can do no miracles, I would ask of you, have all these things passed, of which I have spoken? Has the end come yet? Behold, I say unto you, Nay, the God has not ceased to be God of miracles. Behold, are not the miracles. Are not the things that God hath wrought marvelous in our eye? Yea, and who can comprehend the marvelous work of God? Who shall say that it was not a miracle that by his words the heaven and earth should be, and by the power of his word man was created, and the dust of the earth, and by the power of his word have miracles been wrought? And who shall say that Jesus did not do many mar- mighty miracles? And there were many mighty miracles wrought by the hands of the apostles. And if there were miracles wrought, then why has God ceased to be a God of miracles? And yet be an unchangeable being. And behold, I say unto you, he changeth not. If so, he would cease to be God, and he ceases to be God, and is a God of miracles. And the reason why he ceaseth to do miracles among the children of men is because they dwindle in unbelief and depart from the right way and know not the God in whom they should trust. Behold, I say unto you that whoso believeth in Christ, doubting nothing, whatsoever he shall ask the Father in the name of Christ, it shall be granted. And this promise is unto all, even unto the ends of the earth. Moroni, chapter 10, verse 13. And in that day, verse 9, and in that day, the Holy Ghost fell upon. Oh, let me go back. Moroni, chapter 10, verse 13. And again to another, that he may prophesy concerning all things. Moses, chapter 5, beginning in verse 9. And in that day, the Holy Ghost fell upon Adam, which beareth record of the Father and the Son, saying, I am the only begotten of the father from the beginning, henceforth and forever, that as thou hast fallen, thou mayest be redeemed and all mankind, even as many as will. And in that day, Adam blessed and was blessed God and was filled and began to prophesy concerning all the families of the earth, saying, blessed be the name of God. For because of my transgression, my eyes are opened. And in this life, I shall have joy. And again, in the flesh, I shall see God. And Eve, his wife, heard all these things and was glad, saying, Were it not for our transgression, we never should have had seed, and never should have known good and evil, and the joy of our redemption, and the eternal life which God gives unto all the obedient. And Adam and Eve blessed the name of God, and they made all things known unto their sons and their daughters. We see from the time of Adam to this day, men and women prophesying things to come through the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh. oh, what happened. Okay. Many prophets have prophesied regarding the coming of Messiah. Helaman talks about it in, um, I can't remember the chapter, sorry. We we've got Nephi, Abraham, Moses, Zenas, Zenek, Isaiah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lehi, and Nephi. We know prophets all through um, history have talked about him. This is their job. We could have entire lessons on them. So I won't be going over this. Oops. What? Okay, sorry. I was on the one I wanted to be on. Okay. No problem. I'll get to there. Technical difficulties. Sorry. Where did we stop? It's way down there. I know. We'll get there. Right there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me press that. Why is it starting from there? Okay. Never mind. Sorry. Sorry, guys. right one. I know you were. You were. It's just just a minute. I'll get you. There. I don't want to be that big. It feels like this. Okay. All right. Sorry. Um. Okay. Regarding prophets, this is their job. We could have an entire lesson on them, so we won't be going over this at this time, but they all prophesied and they were all living righteous lives, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost to be able to do so. And again to another, the beholding of angels and ministering spirits. Um, I went through these and kind of, I, I don't even know if this is right, but my own impression is that there are several reasons why we are angels come to visit the first one would be seeking revelation uh, as Nephi did in chapter 11 verse 1 for it came to pass after he had desired to know that things that my father had seen and believed in that the Lord was able to make them known unto me as I sat pondering in my heart I was caught away in the spirit of the Lord yea, into an exceedingly high mountain, which I never had before seen, and upon which I never had before set my foot. And the spirit, an angelic messenger, said unto me, behold, what desires thou? And I said, I desire to behold the things which my father saw. And the angel responds by telling Nephi he will witness what his father saw. And he does. He gets to see the whole um, picture. He, he sees Uh, Jerusalem, he sees Mary, that she's exceedingly fair and white he sees um, the mother of God in the flesh in the man of the flesh Uh, he sees the Lord going about healing the sick he sees um, and then he says in the Came to pass that the angel spake unto me again, saying, "Look." This is a verse 32. Sorry. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me again, saying, "Look." And I looked and beheld the Lamb of God that He was taken by the people. Yea, the Son of the Everlasting God was judged of the world, and I saw and bear record. And I Nephi saw that He was lifted upon the cross and slain for the sins of the world. What a vision that He saw! What a revelation that he saw! And then, secondly, First Nephi three, perhaps a voice of warning. Um, in verse twenty-eight, he, it talks about Laman and Lam, Lemuel. And it came to pass that Laman was angry with me, and also with my father, and also was Lemuel, for he hearkened unto the words of Laman. Or for Laman and Lamuel did speak many hard words unto us, their younger brothers, and they did smite us even with a rod. And it came to pass, as they smote us with a rod, behold, an angel of the Lord came and stood before them, and he spake unto them, saying, Why do ye you smite your younger brother with a rod, Know ye not that the Lord hath chosen him to be a ruler over you, and this because of their iniquities? Behold, ye shall go up to Jerusalem again, and the Lord will deliver Laban into your hands. And after the after the angel has spoken unto us, he departed. Alma I would suggest, is to waken a person to their mission. And it we're talking about Amulek, kind of a regular guy, but um, he was an angel came to him in verse 7. As I was journeying to see a very near kindred, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto me and said, Amulek, return to thine own house, for thou shalt feed a prophet of the Lord, yea, a holy man who is a chosen man of God, for he has fasted many days because of the sins of this people, and he is hungered, and thou shalt receive him into thy house and feed him. And he shall bless thee in thy house, And the blessing of the Lord shall rest upon thee. And it came to pass that I obeyed the voice of the angel and returned towards my house. And I was going thither. I found the man whom the angels said unto me, thou shalt receive into thy house. And behold, it was the same man who has been speaking unto you concerning the things of God. And the angel said unto me, he is a holy man. Wherefore, I know he is a holy man, because it was said by an angel of God. And then my last example, being on the Lord's errand, um, is in Helaman chapter 5, verse 22. This is Lehi and Nephi. um, That... Um, Verse twenty two After they had been cast into prison many days without food, behold they went forth into the prison to take them that they might slay them. And it came to pass that Nephi and Lehi were encircled about as if by fire, even insomuch they durst not lay their hands upon them, for fear lest they should be burned. Nevertheless, Nephi and Lehi were not burned, and they were standing in the midst of the fire and were not burned. And when they saw that they were encircled about with a pillar of fire, and that it burned them not their hearts to take courage. And um, at tw- verse 29, it says, And it came to pass that there came a voice, at the, as it were, above the cloud of darkness, saying, Repent ye, repent ye, and seek no more to destroy my servants, whom I have sent unto you to declare good tidings. Whenever I see good tidings, I think of the word doctrine of Christ because this is the way that uh, we return to, to Christ. And um, continuing on with 30, and it came to pass when they heard this voice and beheld that it was not a voice of thunder, neither was it a voice of great tumultuous noise. But behold, it was still voice of perfect mildness as if it had been a whisper, and it did pierce even to the very soul. And they said unto the man, Behold, what do all these things mean? It, this is where their um, Abanadab Abed- Abed- comes in. And Abanadab Abed- said unto them, They do, do converse with the angels of God. And 44, And Nephi and Lehi were in the midst of them. Yea, they were encircled about. Yea, they were as if in the midst of a flaming fire, yet it did harm them not. Neither did it. Take hold upon the walls of the prison, and they were filled with joy, with which is unspeakable and full of glory. And behold, the Holy Spirit of the Lord did come down from heaven and did enter into their hearts, and they were filled as if with fire, and they could speak marvelous words, in tongues of angels. And it came to pass that there came a voice unto them, yea, a pleasant voice, as if it were whispering, saying, Peace. Peace be unto you because of your faith in my well-beloved, who is from the foundation of the world. And now, when they heard this, they cast their eyes as if to behold from whence the voice came. And behold, they saw the heavens open, and angels came down out of heaven and administered to them. Wouldn't you like to have been a fly on the wall there? What an experience. Oh, and I'm sorry, I should have shown that sooner. And again to another, all kinds of tongues, and again to another interpretation of tongues. Now, I put these two together because uh, we're going to speak of two different kinds. The gift, of t- gift is uh, given to edify by teaching and receiving the Spirit. and. Um but before we go into what I wanted to, just second Nephi verse thirty two. And now behold, my beloved brethren, I suppose that ye ponder somewhat in your hearts concerning that which ye should do after ye have entered in by the way for the doctrine of Christ. But behold, why do you ponder these things in your hearts? Do you not remember that I said unto you, after ye had received the Holy Ghost, you could speak with the tongue of angels. And now how could you speak the tongue of angels, save it were by the Holy Ghost? Angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost, wherefore they speak the words of Christ. Wherefore I say unto you, feast upon the words of Christ. Behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things what you should do. Now, again, um, and again to another, all kinds of tongues and again to another the interpretation of tongues and diverse kinds of tongues. There are two general categories of speaking in tongues, and I am not really sure how to pronounce them, so if you're familiar with it, forgive me. If you don't know what the words are, then I'm doing okay. But the first one would be xenoglossia, which is Miraculously speaking in an ordinary human language, unknown to the speaker, like on the day of Pentecost. And glossolia is speaking in an unknown language, usually thought to be of heavenly or human origin. We are first going to talk about the xenoglossia, which occurred on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because every man heard them speak in his own language. But this is that but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it came to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour, pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your own men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And um, Peter goes on and teaches these people that are visiting Jerusalem uh, about Christ. They haven't learned this lesson yet, but he's now teaching them about Christ. And after he does this, um, in verse thirty-seven, it says, "Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said unto Peter, and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do?" Then Peter said unto them, "Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise." Is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they gladly received this word and were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. The day of Pentecost was an example of xenoglossia or miraculously speaking in an ordinary human language, but unknown to the speaker. The, in other words, the, he could speak and the people listening could hear in their own language. What a marvelous effect this gift had was to about 3,000 souls who believed and were baptized that day, beginning their journey through the doctrine of Christ. The second type of of speaking is in tongues is glossolia, and somebody can correct me on that, speaking in an unknown language usually thought to be of heavenly, not human origin. At the dedication of the Curtainland Temple in March of 1836, speaking in tongues was abundant. Joseph Smith pled in his dedic- dedicatory prayer let it be filled upon let it be fulfilled upon them as upon those on the day of pentecost that the gift of tongues be poured out upon thy people even cloven, cloven tongues of fire and the interpretation of thereof there are some other examples recorded in church history during this time referred to as the gloss Period of the church, which is between 1833 and 36, where speaking in tongues became a church-wide phenomenon. The language spoken was often identified as the language of Adam because speaking in tongues was generally regarded as a sign of the truthfulness of the restored gospel rather than as a tool to be used in spreading the gospel in foreign lands. During a conference in, on um, January 22nd, eighteen thirty three, Joseph Smith, Zebedee Coltrane, William Smith all spoke in tongues after which the Lord poured out his spirit in a miraculous manner until the elders spake in tongues and, and several members, both male and female, exercised the gift. This is recorded in the Kirtland High Council Minute Book. The conference continued late into the evening. The next day when the conference reconvened. These gifts were manifested again, and on January 17th, 1836, while the First Presidency and the Twelve and the Seventy and the High Councilors of Kirtland and Zion were gathered together in conference, the gift of tongues came on, as also like a rushing of wind, as recorded in the history of Church, history of the Church. Five days later, the gift of tongues again came to this group in mighty power. And then, in May of 1833, Gideon Carter reported to the Saints in Missouri that the Church of Kirtland is sharing bountifully in the blessings of the Lord, and many have the gift of the t- excuse me have the gift of tongues and some the interpretation thereof. This was recorded in the Evening and Morning Star in July of 1833. While I was studying the gift of tongues, especially related to the early Saints. I became concerned just how much information to share, as some members of the church would speak in muttering, unnatural voice and their bodies would be distorted. This was recorded in the Times and the Seasons. And in finally, in July of eighteen thirty three, a letter to the saints, Sidney Rignan counseled Satan will do no Satan will no doubt trouble you about the gift of tongues unless you are careful. So Joseph Smith in September of 1834 redefined the legitimate use of this gift it was particularly instituted for the preaching of the gospel to other nations and languages, but it was not given for the government of the church and, and advice that we speak our own language in all such matters. This is in the Kirtland High council meeting. So there's lots and lots of information about this and, I don't know how much, how much is real, how much is not. The gift of times is certainly something that is um, is received at uh, very spiritual times, and it is something that those who have gone on missions know that you learn at a rate that you would. Not normally learn at. Now we'll continue with Moroni, Moroni um, chapter 10, verse 17. And all these gifts come by the Spirit of Christ, and they come unto every man severally according as he will. And I would exhort you, my beloved brethren, that you remember that every good gift cometh of Christ. And I would exhort you, my beloved brethren, that you remember that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that all these gifts of which I have spoken, which are spiritual, never will be done away, even as long as as the world shall stand, only according to the unbelief of the children of man. Moroni 18. And I would exhort you, my beloved brethren, that you remember that every good gift cometh of Christ And I would exhort you, my beloved brethren, that you remember that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that all these gifts which I have spoken, which are spiritual, never will be done away, even as long as the world shall stand, only according to the unbelief of the children of men. And I want to go to Mormon, chapter 9, verse 18 and 24. And this is, uh, this was by Moroni, so it's what he wanted to insert before he found out that he was going to have a little bit more to write, but he admonished at that time, and who shall say that Jesus Christ did not do many mighty miracles, and there were many mighty miracles wrought by the hands of the apostles, and if there were miracles wrought then, why has God ceased to be a God of miracles, and yet be an unchangeable being? And behold, I say unto you, he changeth not. If so, he would cease to be God, and he ceases not to be God, and he is a God of miracles. And the reason why he ceases to do miracles among the children of men is because they dwindle in unbelief and depart from the right way, and know not the God in whom they should trust. Behold, I say unto you, that whoso believeth in Christ, doubting nothing, whatsoever he shall ask the Father in the name of Christ, it shall be granted him. And this promise is unto all, even unto the ends of the earth. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak of new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And these signs shall follow them. In my name shall they cast out devils? I, they shall speak with new tongues and they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. I know I have this twice. The reason is these examples that I have shown throughout this presentation show individuals who have who have these gifts because they have done what is necessary to... Have the signs follow them. We were reading in Acts chapter 9, verse 5 and 6. Um, well, I was reading, okay, sorry. <laughs> when Saul, who later becomes Paul, but um, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou comest, have sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight. And be filled with the Holy Ghost, and he received sight forthwith, and arose, and was baptized. And Ether, chapter 4, verse 17. Repent, all ye ends of the earth, and come unto me, and believe in my gospel, and be baptized. And signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Moroni, he soon goes to the rest in the paradise of God. He's got the promise of eternal life. In Second Nephi. For behold, again I say unto you that if ye will enter in by the way and receive the Holy Ghost, it will show unto you all things ye should do. This is the doctrine of Christ. In Alma chapter seventeen, we read about the Alma and the sons of Mosiah. Alma did rejoice exceedingly to see his brethren, and what added more to his joy, they were still his brethren in the Lord, enduring to the end. And and in Acts. Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the Holy Ghost. And we will follow up by, complete this by reading the remainder of Moroni 10, beginning with 20. Wherefore, there must be faith, and if there must be faith, there must also be hope. And if there must also be hope, there must also be charity. And except ye have charity, ye can in no wise be saved in the kingdom of God. Neither can ye be saved in the kingdom of God if ye have not faith. Neither can ye if ye have no hope. And if ye have have no hope, ye must needs be in despair. And despair cometh because of iniquity. And Christ truly said unto our fathers, If ye have faith, ye can do all things which are expedient unto me. And now I speak unto all the ends of the earth, that if the day cometh that the power and gifts of God shall be done away among you, it shall be because of unbelief. And woe be unto the children of men, if this be the case. For there shall be none that doeth good among you, no, not one. For if there be one among you that doeth good, he shall work by the power and gift of God. And woe unto them who shall do these things, away and die, for they die in their sins, and they cannot be saved in the kingdom of God. And I speak it according to the words of Christ, and I lie not. And I exhort you to remember these things, for the time speedily cometh that he shall know that I lie not. For he shall see me at the bar of God, and the Lord God will say unto you, Did I not declare my words unto you which were written by this man? like as one crying from the dust, yea, even as one speaking out of the dust. I declare these things unto the fulfilling of the prophecies, and behold, they shall proceed forth out of the mouth of the everlasting God, and his word shall hiss forth from generation to generation. And God shall show unto you that which I have written is true. And again, I would exhort you, this is the ninth time that you would come unto Christ and lay hold upon every good gift, and touch not the evil gift, nor the unclean thing, and awake and arise from the dust, O Jerusalem, and put on thy garments, O daughter of Zion, and strengthen thy stakes, and enlarge thy borders forever, that thou mayest no more be confounded that the covenants of the eternal Father, which he hath made unto thee, O house of Israel, may be fulfilled. Yea, come unto Christ, and be perfected in him, and deny yourselves of all ungodliness. And if ye shall deny yourself of all ungodliness, and love God with all your might, mind, and strength, then is his grace sufficient for you, that by his grace you may be perfect in Christ. And if by the grace of God ye are perfect in Christ, ye can in no wise deny the power of God. And if ye by the grace of God are perfect in Christ, and deny not his power, then are ye sanctified in Christ by the grace of God through the shedding of blood of Christ, which is the covenant of the Father unto the remission of your sins, that ye become holy without spot. And now I bid unto all farewell. I soon go to the rest of in the paradise of God until my spirit and body shall again reunite and I have brought forth triumphant through the air to meet you before the pleasing bar of the great Jehovah, the eternal judge of both quick and dead. Amen. And I would like to just add my testimony to the beautiful words that the prophets have left for us. That I, too, have a, this desire in my heart to be among those who believe and look forward to being able to experience the gifts that he's willing to share with all of us. And this I say in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.